again, church, good morning again. So glad you're here this morning. If you have your Bible, so let's look at the book of Galatians, continuing our study in the book of Galatians. I pray you've had a good week in the Lord. It's been a good week for me. They will get some studying done, some schooling done, some visiting done. So it was a good, good week. This morning, as we continue our study in Galatians, we'll be talking about the warning against false teachers. The warning against uh, false teachers. We never uh, desire false teachers to come in and teach. We never uh, invite false teachers to come in and teach. But false teachers are inevitably part of the churches in America and a part of the churches around the world today. And we're going to see what the Apostle Paul was talking about as he spoke about false teachers in Galatians chapter 1, beginning in verse number 6. This is what the Apostle Paul says. For I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want you to change the gospel of Christ that you are receiving. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you another gospel other than that which we have uh, preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, now I say again, if anyone preaches to you another gospel contrary to that which you have received, curse be to him. Verse 10, for I am now trying to win the favor of people or God, or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave to Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you'll give us open ears to hear what the Spirit of God is teaching us this morning. And God, may we stand upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It sanctifies us. It cleanses us. It makes us, Lord God, who we need to be in Christ Jesus to stand firm and preach and teach the gospel and proclamate the gospel, Lord. Today, speak to my heart and speak to our hearts, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. As we read in Galatians uh, chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says that they were being led astray by false teachers. I can remember a few years ago I was in Honduras and I was ministering there in a little village and a couple of villages over there was another group that was ministering in that village, not with us, but another denominational group. And so one night of the uh, meeting that we were having, one of the lay people, one of the lay uh, teachers in the church came to me and said, Pastor Randall, is there another Jesus Christ that we need to ask for salvation? Is there another God that we need to go to and confess our sins and is there another Bible that we need to be reading out of besides the Bible which we have in our hands? And I said, if anybody is preaching another gospel contrary to the Word of God, if anybody is saying there's another way to heaven besides the Lord Jesus Christ, if someone is saying that there's another teaching besides the gospel, then let him be accursed. And so they went back and done that and found out they had been indoctrinating this village for about four years with another gospel, that there was not just one way uh, to have it, not just one gospel and the Word of God, not just one mediator between God and man, not just one Holy Spirit, not just one Son, not just one Father, but there were many ways to get to heaven. And so on this third day of November, I want to caution you, I want to warn you, when somebody comes to you with a, another gospel, with another way to heaven, with another way to receive Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ Himself, let Him or her 
be accursed. What was happening there in Honduras was the people were teaching the gospel in the village we were in, but yet they were sending people on to the other village to kind of disciple them, to kind of teach them and train them. And so as they were, were reporting back to this village and to the local pastor, the pastor there got convicted and said he needed to go and teach the gospel for what it was. But he had kept putting it off and kept putting it off and kept putting it off. And then so false gods began to be worshipped, began to be taught. We never, we never allow these in our church, but they creep in through the back door and through the back window and through the front door and through the side doors. They creep in. And so the Apostle Paul said in this text, he had no choice but to speak strongly about the conversion of people to Christianity. And so in other words, in this text, what he is saying is if they are preaching another gospel, if they are teaching another gospel, if they are troubling you to change the gospel and what you believe in, let him be accursed. Mark 8, 36 and 37 says this, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and loses his own salvation? Or what shall a man give up in exchange for our souls? So the people here in this text, in this context, they were giving up their God for another God. They were giving up their true teachings for a, 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 a false teaching. And so first fill in the blank is this. There's only one God and one way to heaven. One gospel, and that is through the power of Jesus Christ. And it's for all mankind, not just for the Jews or not just for the believers, but for all mankind that will place their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They shall be saved. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me or by me. Christ died that we might be delivered from sin, death, and live eternally ever after with God. We cannot earn God's love, for we are unrighteous, and Christ is righteous. However, in Christ we are loved and made righteous and acceptable because of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. An intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Brother Randall, what do you really believe about false teaching? I believe through the course of years and many years of studying the Bible and and so they became so uh, misunderstood and so uh, not understanding in their beliefs and in their doctrines. They would rather believe something else, that there's a, another God to heaven, another road that leads to heaven, another path that leads to heaven. They'd rather believe there's some other Jesus, some other gospel. They get bored and they get besides themselves, and so they allow themselves to make up things about Jesus and who Jesus said he was and who they think Jesus is. I was able to, when I was there in Honduras, I was able to speak to some of the local villagers that we were ministering to. And they, they said, Brother Randall, what do you believe about John 3.16? And I said, well, I believe it to be true. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's only one God. There's only one way to heaven, as I've already said. But I can't say this enough. And I quoted the verse in Romans 5, 6. But when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For when we were yet without strength and due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Not only did he die for the believer, but he died for the ungodly, so that the ungodly, through a choice, convicted of the Holy Spirit of God about their lostness, would come to a realization that they needed to confess Jesus as Lord and ask Him into their heart and live for Him all the days of their life. Romans 5, 8-10 says this, For God commended His love toward us, and that we were yet sinners. Christ died, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved through Him. We shall be saved through Him. Listen to me, church. If there's someone that ever comes to this church, and I'm kind of protective about this area up here. I don't just let anybody come in and speak, and don't just let anybody come in and preach, because the reality is I'm held accountable for what is said in this church, through the teaching and through the preaching of the Word of God. But if anyone ever comes in and tries to teach another gospel, another road to heaven, another way to heaven, another Jesus Christ, then you know him be a curse. Paul was begging and pleading with these individuals in Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sin to rescue us, to rescue us from this present evil age. Say, Brother Randall, wouldn't it just be easy to tear those false teachers out, to uproot them from their leadership position? Not really. Not really. It wouldn't be that easy. And so we have to allow our Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to be our ears and to be our God and to be our spirit that leads us and tests the spirit to see if they are truly Christ or not. I was in one church one time just as a staff person and, and the pastor tried to uh, just uproot somebody and he, he prayed about it and prayed about it and said he felt like he needed to uproot somebody. When uprooting that individual, it took 15 other people with him. He was teaching a false doctrine. He was teaching a false gospel. And it uproots people and takes them with them. But I'm of the mindset, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that if someone is in a leadership position, in a leadership position teaching a false gospel, that they should be brought to the church for presentation a spiritual discipline. To win his soul, to save his life, and to protect his testimony. Romans is a wonderful book that teaches us a lot about leadership, a lot about Christians in general. In Romans it says, For when we were enemies, yet were we reconciled by God through his death, his son, the much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Number two, fill in the blank. Some people have turned to false teachers. I've spoken a lot about false teachers already, but I want to continue a little bit more on false teachers. They joined the church at Galatia. And as many other Christians at, at, at church in this time, they had joined the local church. People did not believe the gospel of Jesus Christ they were adding to and taking away from the gospel. The scripture says, do not add or do not take away from the word of God. This Bible is not just a book. These pages are not just words. This is God breathed. God breathed. And God anointed this word so that we could teach it and so that we could preach it. Not as 
Randall Gill wants it to be preached or taught, but as God's Word says, it is to be taught and preached. So some people had turned to false teachers and had joined this church at Galatia. The believers were deserting God and removing themselves far from God. The word remove means to turn away or to change places or to even transfer elsewhere. And so, like we have in America today, we have people that have come into Bethlehem for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years and they get itchy ears. They get a, a wind of doctrine that they want to cling to and run to and so they leave this church and go to another church and they'll stay there 5 years or 10 years or 20 years and then they'll go to another church and become some wind of doctrine that they heard by some other preacher, by some other denomination and they think that is the Bible. They think that is the Word of God. Let me just talk to you this morning. My job is to preach the Bible. Your job is to read the Bible. To know what it says. And to allow the Holy Spirit of God to convey whether or not what I'm preaching and teaching is undoubtedly the Word of God. It's not some uh, book, friend, friendly user book that gives you some how-to's Nine points, nine steps, six points, six steps, four points, four steps. It's not that some kind of book. It is the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book on me. I stand alone on the Word of God. Yes, the B-I-B-L-E. And because of that, you can discern false teachers in your church and in your community. A person who is turning away from the gospel is not turning away from a set of principles or believe. Not even turning away from the local church. The person is turning away from God Himself. From God Himself. And what Paul is saying to the church at Galatia is these people have come in and taken leadership positions and taken leadership roles in the church and because they are teaching another gospel, because they are teaching false doctrine, let them be accursed. Let them be a curse. Matthew 24, 12. The latter part of the verse says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. I believe we're in the end times, church. I'm not a, uh, a prophecy preacher. I believe in Revelations and what the book of Revelation has to say, but I'm, I'm not one that's going to tell you how to believe. I'm going to teach the Bible and let you, through the Holy Spirit, not draw your own conclusion, but let, let the Holy Spirit convict you and, and teach you about the end time. You say, Brother Randall, what did you mean by that statement? Well, not everything, listen to me, not everything that's being preached about the end times on television is true. Not everything you read in the book not the Bible and the book, some somebody's book, some hand by, handwritten book. Not every book is anointed of God and touched by God and God breathed. The Bible is though. You say, but Brother Randall, there are some things that I don't understand about the book of Revelation. There's some things I don't understand about the end time prophecy. There's some things I don't understand about this in the book of Daniel and this in the book of Ezekiel. I don't quite understand it. Well, there's some things in the Bible that I do not understand either. Write down Deuteronomy 29, 29. 
just write it down and I, I'm going to tell you not exactly what it says, but I'm going to tell you very, very close. Well, don't let me do that. Let me just quote it for you out of the Bible. Let me just read it. Deuteronomy 29, 29. I found this verse a long time ago. And I've had to go back there many, many times to this text. Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, The hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and our children forever, so that we may follow all the words of the law. See, there's some hidden things that we'll never understand this side of heaven. And we're not to go deep in questioning all these things about prophecy and about the second coming of Christ. Actually, I asked one of my professors about the second coming of Christ and he said, well, you know, when Christ comes first, he was all deity and all man. He comes cleansing and healing and preaching the gospel. When he comes back, he's going to come back as a conquering king. He's going to come back leading his army into battle. Not into battle, but into the sky, into the air. And so as I think about the prophecy of God and the second coming, these false teachers are going to be tried and true before Jesus, before God himself. And as I think about that, look with me in Luke. Another text I want to read, I found this one too as I was studying in Luke and Maybe you've never seen this before, but maybe you have. Let me find it here. Luke eleven twenty four through 26. Talking about an unclean spirit. What happens when a false teacher is not repentant? What happens when a false doctrine is being preached and there is no repentance of that or no conversion of salvation? What happens to that individual. What happens to that individual that once tasted of the goodness of God and has gone away from God and left his own ways or her own ways? What happens to that individual? Here's a story about an unclean spirit. When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it roams through the waterless places looking for rest. And not finding rest, it then says, I'll go back to my house where I came. And returning, it finds the house swept, put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits. Did you hear that? It brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and settle down there. And as a result, that man's last condition is worse than the first. I don't know how these preachers today can make it teaching false doctrine. I don't know how these evangelists today can make it teaching false doctrine and Sunday school teachers teaching false doctrine. If I was God, and thank the Lord I'm not God, I would squash some of these individuals for being heretics and false teachers. And to teach the Bible to individuals that, 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 are, that are young and, 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 and not just young, but immature in the faith in many cases. They don't know what the Bible says. That's why we are to study to show ourselves approved of Jesus. To show ourselves approved as a workman for Christ. 
because iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. I was reading some statistics just the other day. I wish I would have brought them so I could quote them exactly. But it's talking about people leaving the local churches today. You know, people have nothing nothing to hold them to church anymore. Nothing to keep them at church anymore. Nothing to entertain, not entertain them, but entertain their spirit. Entertain their spirit by the Holy Spirit of God through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. They have nothing to hold them any longer to the local church. They're going to and fro. Number three, fill in the blank. The believers were turning to another gospel. A different kind of gospel. Not only is there false teachers today, but there's another gospel going around. Jesus was not deity in all humanity when he came to this earth. He was. Yet without sin. Jesus does not extend his grace like he did to the elect. He does. People are saying today there's another way to be saved. Jesus plus. Plus baptism. Plus church membership. Plus the Lord's Supper. Plus discipleship. Plus this. Plus that. Salvation is Jesus plus nothing. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. The believers were turning to another gospel. A different kind of gospel. A different Jesus. A different grace. A different way to be saved. A different picture of God's love. And all these, all the time they're saying, well, we're in church. We're serving the Lord. We're teaching a class. We're leading a leadership position. We're doing this and we're doing that for the gospel. <coughs> but yet all the time they're teaching another gospel. There is no other name whereby you are saved, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. The false teachers nearly believed everything Paul taught, but they added a little or took a lot away from the gospel. Church, another caution and another warning. When we start doing this for the Bible, tearing it apart and ripping it apart and taking out things that we no longer like or taking away things that we know no longer think that it applies, like out of the book of First Chronicles or Daniel or Ezekiel or, or Obadiah or some book of the Bible, we start ripping it out and saying, well, First Corinthians 13 isn't for me. They don't know what love is, but I do. There's issues, there's problems. We're taking away from the gospel. We're adding to the gospel. Ephesians 4.14 says this, Be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. <coughs> when we think about the false gospel and turning away to another gospel, I, like Paul, think that there's more of that going on in the local church today than we want to acknowledge or that we want to admit. Not to break down the church, not to destroy the church, but because of individuals that have different mindsets and different beliefs about the gospel. 
kind of like one individual asked me not too many months ago after I came to the church here. Pastor Randall, do you believe if a person prays and receives Christ, do you believe they're saved? I don't know that, sir. Because I don't know a man's heart. I don't know a woman's heart. I would hope, I would anticipate that that would be the correct saying. And this individual said, well, Pastor, I no longer believe if a person prays the prayer, they're saved. And I, I tend to agree with that. And I want to step up. I said, if a person is truly saved, if they're truly born again, if they truly acknowledge their sin and confess Jesus Christ as Lord, then they are saved. But just praying a prayer doesn't save you. Just walking the aisle doesn't save you. Just taking the preacher by the hand doesn't save you. Just talking to a deacon or a leader in the church does not save you. What saves you is God Himself through Jesus Christ gives you eternal life. The false teachers nearly believed everything. But that one doctrine, that one principle, that one biblical precept, he tended not to acknowledge the same belief that Paul had. Let me just remind you, Paul was a slave of Jesus Christ. So he went from persecuting Christians to preaching the gospel. And Paul had strong warnings to tell to the churches, not just Galatia, but other churches, Corinth and Ephesus and so on and so forth. And he said it was a strong mindset. He said it with a strong conviction. If another man preaches another gospel besides this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to him, let him be a curse forevermore. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babbling and oppositions of science, falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Why did he warn Timothy of this? Because Paul knew in his time it was prevalent. Paul knew in his days it was there. That he had to deal with it. And he warned Timothy to do the same. Be aware of this. Be advised of this. Be cautioned about this. About these false teachers and the false gospel. The Bible, church, is a precious thing. It's not something we should just throw around. You understand what I'm saying? It's not something we should leave on the back windowsill of our car. It's not something we should put on the coffee table and never pick up until Sunday or Wednesday. This book is a precious book. And because it's precious, we need to read it and know what the Scripture has to say to us. Paul said, For I boast in this, the testimony of our conscience, that we have conducted ourselves in this world, and have especially toward you, with God-given sincerity and purity, not by fleshly wisdom, but by God's grace. Now we are writing you nothing other than what you can read and also understand. I hope you will understand completely as you have partially understood us, that we are your reason, uh, that we are, we are your reason, uh, for pride as you are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul 
never left anything out. He always taught the full message of Jesus. He always taught the full gospel of the, the Bible. And so we are to teach that. We are to live that. We are to acknowledge that. We are to preface our life by, I am a believer and I believe the Bible. Yes, the B-I-B-L-E. And I'm going to be cautious about false teaching. And I'm going to be cautious about false leaders. And I'm going to be cautious about people saying there's a different Jesus that you have to acknowledge to be saved. There's a different gospel that we must preach. There's not. There's only one. There's only one gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ that leads to salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I'm not sure how much more I can say about false teachers and false doctrines being taught today. But they are prevalent today more than ever before in the history of the church in America and really around the world. And so to caution us, let us be careful. Let us be wise in what we choose to read and who we choose to read after. Let us be aware that the gospel is the good news and the power of God and the salvation. The gospel that Jesus taught about and lived out in his life will never be something that we have to question. The Bible speaks for itself. And it answers yea or nay to what is being taught. And our spirit, we are born again believers, our spirit bear witness with the word of God if it is true or if it's not being taught correctly so we must be mindful of that church we must be captivated by that not to let ourselves wonder not to let ourselves be moved by another wind of doctrine but to remain faithful and true God's and the gospel that we hear in discipleship let us be true to the word of God don't turn aside from the Bible it will never leave you God's word will never leave you or will never forsake you as you study it as you read up learning the gospel it will remain there throughout your life Difficult days and surprising days that scripture will come back to you and you can quote it or have memorized it and quote it. So today I want to talk to you. Be careful who we sit under. Be careful who we listen to on the television, who we listen to on the radio. Be careful. Test the spirit, try the spirit, to know if they truly are. Father, I pray that there be a 